Lately, scientists have begun paying closer attention to the number of men and women who present at major scientific meetings. In nearly all fields, even those where women are a majority, men dominate in such speaking roles. Even in 2010, after women had long been about half the PhD candidates in fields such as psychiatry, psychology, behavioral pharmacology, and related neuroscience fields, more men than women spoke at the American College of Neuropsychopharmacology meeting. So in 2011, a group of leaders in the field decided to do something about this problem. Bita Mogadam, professor of neuroscience at the University of Pittsburgh, and Raquel Gore, professor of psychiatry, neurology, and radiology at the University of Pennsylvania, co-authored a commentary in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology about how and why their approach was a success, what other fields can learn from their experience, and what challenges still lie ahead. First, Dr. Mogadam points out the importance of speaking roles at conferences. It's very critical because first and foremost, it raises your exposure to your peers. And that is important for several reasons. First, it can enhance the ability for you to publish in better high-tier journals. It generally tends to increase the citation of your work, which is also really important. It also is important because by the virtue of people knowing about your work, it can enhance collaborations at these meetings with other colleagues. It is also important for you to recruit people to your research lab because if you're standing there presenting your work, younger individuals, trainees, postdoctoral fellows, students, uh, when they hear you, they often can approach you at conferences and they would want to uh, work with you. So they really do make a difference in our career and in our scientific progress. Dr. Gore? The participation in conferences and giving talks is an integral part of the academic portfolio of a professional. In every curriculum vitae, there is a section uh, on presentations in scientific meetings, and lack of participation hampers women's ability to make progress. Uh, When talking in scientific conferences, people get to know who you are and uh, might invite you to speak at their own institution because they enjoyed or think that the lecture was good. So it's a critical aspect of professional development. So in your paper, you describe a change that began in 2011. What happened then? So we have been talking about increasing involvement of women in speaking roles at this meeting. And then at the time, uh, the president then, Eric Nestler, uh, he is someone who is in my generation, and he really helped us to make this Formal. One of the missions of the college became to increase participation of women in the program. He pushed for a task force to collect data about women in the college. How many members do we have? How many of them participate? And when the numbers came out, they looked pretty bad. And, you know, when you have data, then you have power. Data <laughs> empowers you. So that data really empowered us by going to the membership and saying, hey, the numbers look terrible. They look almost embarrassing. So we really need to then make a concerted effort to improve these numbers. Once they had that data, they instituted a number of changes. And one of the most useful ones was to tell scientists proposing panel talks that they would be considered more competitive if they had women and other underrepresented minorities on the panel. And that alone was sufficient for all submissions, all but one actually this past year, to include at least one woman in the proposal. So without having any sort of litmus test uh, by just 
making this a, a criteria for a competitive process, it worked really well. And people started looking for women who were involved in each field and they included them. So what were the results in 2014 and 2015? The results were amazing, and it's amazing how that one line worked. Uh, so what happened was that only one or two proposals actually lacked women. Because of that, then everything that we accepted except one proposal, and also everything that was rejected except one proposal, had a woman in it. So the, the process worked amazingly well. Do you think this is enough? No. So what has happened uh, is that we have only had about 35 to 40% women being included because each panel has had one or two women as opposed to really reaching more like 50%. We feel like we, the, the numbers should be pushed up to about 50% because the number of women that we are training at the PhD or medical residency level are about 50%. So it's not enough, but it's a good start. Yeah, I agree. Uh with beta, there is no time to say that mission was accomplished. For the next conference, uh, next year, we need to find new women who are doing great science and give them an opportunity uh, to participate, with, to continue to strive for 50-50. You write about three challenges ahead. One, conference organizers say they don't know experienced women to serve as speakers. Yeah, so that, that tends to be the, the biggest problem that we hear about. And I think a lot of it is because people don't know or don't have available to them lists of women who are doing this sort of research. So I think one of the easiest solutions is to actually have lists of women that are doing research in different fields. A lot of other women organizations are doing that, for example, women in Computational neuroscience have a list of women who do computational neuroscience research. I think for organizations like ours, this would be done quickly and relatively inexpensively, and that will give people easy access to look up names uh, when they are uh, trying to plan different meetings. I recently got um, a notice from a dear colleague about a symposia that was happening uh, later this summer, and I looked at the list of invitees, and they were all men. And he said, well, you know, in this field, it's just really difficult to find women. And within, you know, two minutes, I had links for him of, of list of women in this field that are doing this sort of work. And immediately, he forwarded it to the organizers, and I hear back from the organizers with, you know, apologizing that we weren't even thinking, and they're including women. The second challenge you write about is that people say women turn down speaking roles because they don't have time to participate in all of them. Yeah, because commonly, when women are asked to participate, the women with are more experienced and more established in the uh, field. And uh, it is hard at times to take part because uh, limitations of schedule and multiple academic commitments. So it would be helpful for women to step up and if they cannot do it, think of other women and be prepared. Have a list of women in their field and uh, the emails and all the information so that they can provide it when they're invited and cannot do it. A third challenge you mentioned is that younger women may not accept speaking invitations because they feel like they weren't invited based on merit alone, based on the quality of their work. It, it does happen, but thankfully it's happening less and less women are beginning to realize that they need to jump 
on every opportunity. But some still feel that they're chosen just because they are women, and, and that can be insulting. And what I tell to those women is that that's an idea that never occurs to a man. They never think, okay, I'm being invited to do this and that because uh, it's my my body that is inviting me. They accept these invitations. So my recommendation to women is that if you're invited to give a talk, grab that opportunity and use it to promote your science. Yes, is that uh, I think that it applies beyond presentation in, in scientific uh, meetings. It also applies for participation in committees, either at the own institution or at national uh, organization. Positions that uh, there's more decision-making capacity that can impact uh, the field and institutions do look for women. At times, junior women are invited, more junior women, they wonder, is it that I'm invited to participate because I'm a woman and they need a woman? Or because, you know, I'm, I'm good and I can have input and impact that can benefit the field. And men usually don't think this way. So it's important to let women know uh, that they are as good and they should go for it. Doctors Mogadam and Gore say they're already seeing changes in other organizations as well. Dr. Mogadam mentioned one she's a member of where participants spoke up and said the lack of women speaking at a recent meeting was embarrassing, and so the organization is finally starting to make changes. And they both say that organizations can learn from their experiences, quantify the problem, give preference to panels that include women and minorities, and make the names of women who are doing great work readily available. This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. Bita Mogadam and Raquel Gore are authors of the commentary, Women at the Podium, ACNP Strives to Reach Speaker Gender Equality at the Annual Meeting. To read this commentary, among others, visit www.nature.com NPP. I'm Cynthia Graber.